You're listening to the Black Eagles podcast. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody. Episode 206 of the Black Eagles Podcast. And I'm your host, Sinan Schwartz. On an unseasonably warm winter day here in New York City. Much more like fall than winter, you could say. Which, as usual, is fitting for, for where things are for us. Things are warming up, perhaps. Now... There's a lot to talk about this week, Um, a lot of interesting things to discuss, and so obviously what we have to talk about first is some football, which tends to be less of our focus of late, but this week we've got some interesting stuff to discuss. Now I guess first of all, let's obviously discuss our opposition, which would be Kayseri Spor, a team with a pretty rich history in Turkish football by now. Moderate success, not really rewarded with any silverware, of course, but it's rare for most most teams in Turkey regardless. history. Now, I guess we could talk about what their form was coming into the match. Um, in their last five, they had only lost once. And if we go with their last five uh, Super League matches, we go back to the end of October where they had beaten Fatih Karagümrük, drew against Fenerbahce on the road, you know, in Istanbul, 2-2. Two to two. Drew again, Gustafi, at home, 1-1. One um, lost to Rize Sport, which nobody wants to do in the Super League these days. Um, but they lost in Rize 1-0. They played 76 Idir Belediye Sport in the Cup and beat them 4-0 before coming back into the Super League and beating tough Antalya Sport opposition 2-0. Operation is in as of right now. I say tough because Nuri Shahin has led his boys to six wins, one draw, and three losses, I believe, is what I recall. So he's he's gotten good results out of Antalya Sport. So for Kayseri, they're actually in quite good form. Um, The only blip being the the loss against Rize. But so, yeah, you know, I think one would assume that they were feeling pretty good about their chances, perhaps, against uh, a Besiktas that had been reeling with Under Caraveli, uh, interim coach, being up, up, Upgraded, promoted from the under-19 side. Um, yeah, you know, I think, I, I, I bet Besiktas were still the odds-on favorites, you know, for bookies. But, <coughs> you know, I think one one could have probably thought they'd get some money if they'd bet on Kaiseri this week. And so that's probably a good sort of preamble to, to sort of start talking about what happened in our match. Now, I guess... It's worth mentioning in our last 20 matches, Besiktas had won 13. Six of them went to were, were draws, and six of them went to Kayseri Sport. So, pretty good history for Besiktas there. <clears throat> and yeah, I guess that's probably the preamble that does it, right? And now we talk about the match itself. We talk about the lineups. So for Besiktas, 
Undef Caraveli, who was I was I was sort of joking about supporting him as our next coach. I mean, I did say I, I'd support sort of any sort of interim manager. He happened to be the guy I picked. I obviously wasn't like a Caraveli fan by any stretch, having never even really heard of the dude. But I like the idea of a patient sort of rebuild, you know, carefully, then not rushing into getting our ninth choice guy, some older Turkish fellow. If, you know, I, I was impressed by the names initially. They were guys I'd never heard of. I had to do a little research. You know, you, you like to see some creative thinking on the part of management. And so for them to have selected someone who none of us knew, right? Knew we could have anticipated. It was good. It was good to see uh, some surprises on the list, right? So then for them to have started settling in on, on the usual suspects in Turkey, that was disheartening for me. And, um, you know, I, yeah, I, I, would, I just would like to see us wait it out. You know, our, our top choice, Fark, actually kind of said he was, he was um, honored by the offer. Uh, didn't really want to join now. Right, because it wouldn't give him a lot of flexibility. Uh, it, it would probably mean suffering for a few months, right, with a side that's not very um, aligned, committed. You know, he probably did a little research and saw how they were playing and thought, yeah, I don't know if that was just the coach. I think they had problems that ran a bit deeper, which isn't to say that they didn't need to replace the coach, but it also means that it probably wouldn't be such an easy fix. So, an, like I said, an, an intelligent manager would to be able to diagnose that quickly. So anyway, with that said, Under Caravelli would do some interesting things. So he, he goes from sort of a ha-ha, let's support this guy, ha-ha, it's hashtag Caravelli season, to like, okay, look at this, suddenly Serdar Sachi is starting next to Domingos Vida. Ridvan Yilmaz on the left side, opposite Valentin Rosier, John Bozduan, Mirelem Pjanic, and Atiba Hutchinson with Rashid Ghazal and Kyle Lahren on the wings and Mishi Batshuayi up front. A Mishi Batshuayi who supposedly he had watched a highlight, he had his folks compile a highlight reel of his imp more impressive goals historically just to say, hey dude, just remember what you're capable of. This might have paid off, it turns out. Now Kaiseri Sport would roll out in their goal, Silviu Lung, the Romanian 32-year-old keeper. Majid Hosseini, Iranian 25-year-old central defender. Next to Ugur Demirok, 33-year-old Turk. Onur Bulut, 27-year-old German Turk on the right side of their defense. Opposite Lionel Carol, 30-year-old Frenchman. A name many would recognize around the Super League if you've supported or followed the league for a while. Gustavo Campagnaro, 29-year-old Brazilian in the back of their midfield with Olivier Kemen, 25-year-old Frenchman up front and Ibrahim Akhtai, 30-year-old Turk by up front, I mean in the midfield. Um, Emre Bassan, 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 I don't know. 29-year-old uh, Turk um, who played on the right wing with Mame Babatiam, 29-year-old Senegalese winger opposite him and Ilhan Parlak, 34-year-old Turk up top. So, a lot of names we might recognize. Um, you know, a lot we might not, perhaps. But anyway, 
one important mess, uh, missing man out there, of course, would be Bernard Mensah, who has a cruciate ligament injury and is out for the season. So uh, it's a shame for him. He came out and actually started having, I think, a really good season initially. So um, condolences, obviously, and get better. Uh, and stay strong, pal. We don't we don't have any ill will towards you, Bernard. Um, as for us, obviously, Aiden Hasich is still out with his cruciate ligament injury. He's been out for some time. Although, he might actually be healthy. I think he's training now with the squad. We may see a return in January. <clears throat> um, should we have a manager who's bold enough to play young players? Certainly. Um, and then, of course, we have Alex Teixeira, who has a, a sort of unknown thigh injury. Uh, supposedly out till mid-December, which is about now-ish, I suppose. Um, George Cavan and Kudu, a ligament injury, is out till early February, supposedly. Mert Gunok, a cruciate ligament injury, out for the season. Joseph De Souza and Wellington, both suspended with red card suspensions. So... Or perhaps uh, accumulation. And I don't think Joseph had a red card in the last match, did he? Um, anyway, for them, they had a couple suspensions too. Mario Gavranovic, 32-year-old Swiss. Um, I don't really know what position. He's, I guess he's a striker. He's their striker, right? He usually plays instead of um, the dude they had up there. And then also Dimitrios Kolovetsios, 30-year-old Greek. Central defender was suspended for the match. I'm um, sorry, Ilhan Parlak, right, is the guy who Gavranovic would normally play for. Anyway, so that's it for the lineups. That was a long intro to this match. Let's dig in. First minute of the match. It would actually be uh, Ilhan Parlak who would almost get in behind Domagoj Vida, slow to react, but Serdar Sachi cutting out the, the attack. And, uh, and early on, making me happy about seeing him back in the lineup. Um, obviously, it's, imp it's important to note that Under Caravelli, being the under-19 coach, um, playing guys like uh, Serdar, Ridvan, Ersin, um, etc., right? Like uh, Guven Yalcin eventually, we'll get to that. Um, it's, it's, uh, he, these are guys he's comfortable playing with. He's, he's coached them before with the under-19, so... That's um, a side note. Anyway, 15th minute, we'd finally have our first attack. Corner kick by Pjanic. Would find Domegos Vida, who would sort of blunder it almost into the goal. It would be saved. Kind of easily, though. Even accidentally, perhaps. But it is what it is. Lung is a pretty solid keeper, regardless. In the 31st minute, Mishibachuai showing some intent, perhaps. Signaling that Under Caravelli's efforts paid off. With some A-plus dribbling around the left side, cuts in, takes a shot across the mouth of the goal. Lung with a pretty, pretty heady save. Good one. Um, and then, completely against the runner play up to this point, with us now having had the three highlight plays to their just one very early on in the first minute of the game. 37th minute, of course. Because why not, right? Um, Emre Abbasan with a perfect cross into the direction of Mame Tiam, who heads it with relative ease into the back of the net. Nil to one, and we are down. Um, a 
again, very much against the run of play. You hate to see it, but it is what it is. Um, I should also note, I suppose, oh, sorry, it was Onur Bulut, whose assist it was, by the way, but um, Onur Bulut had also gotten a yellow card in the 24th minute, and Serdar Sachi got one in the 35th. Um, in the 42nd minute, we see our first substitution. It would be Onur Bulut injured. Um, Ramazan Chivelek would come in. That's booze already for time wasting. It's still the first half, folks. Don't worry. And sure enough, um, as if in response, Kyle Aaron would score. Um, Serdar Sachi sending in a nice ball from deep, um, you know, just past the midway line. Finding Kyle Aaron's head, he heads it sort of down perfectly into the bottom corner of the goal, past Lung. Um, worth noting, Mishi Bachuai kind of almost made an attempt on the ball, so I think Lung hesitated to dive to that corner, thinking Bachuai might get a, a piece of it and send it the other way. So, you know, it was a little more complicated than it just being kind of a goal that Lung let go easily. And in the end, it was a pretty solid goal, one to one. Kyle Laren scores again, <clears throat> his fifth of the season. And that's it at the half. One-to-one uh, -one it is. Worth noting, Kyle Aaron trotted out George uh, Kevin and Kudu's jersey as number seven. So, you know, a, a show of a bit of camaraderie. You like to see it. That's sort of been lacking, certainly. <coughs> anyway, let's keep going. Um, 46 minute, Ibrahim, Ibrahim Akhtai gets himself a yellow card. In the 51st minute, um... I don't remember who brought it up. It could have been Ilhan Parlak, but <coughs> Erson comes out to, <coughs> excuse me. As you can hear, I'm still a little sick, but um, Erson comes out to dive at the feet of, a, of an incoming striker. He gets the striker and not the ball. Yikes, could this be a penalty? No, turns out the guy was offside. We're fine. Nothing to worry about, except, and again, against the runner play on a counter, it would be Ibrahim Akhtai who assists um, Kyle Laren lets go of one far too easily, which results in this counter, by the way. And of course, again, it would find Mametiam, uh, and again, it would find his head. Um, this time, it was Valentin Rosier who keeps him on side a little, perhaps, but whatever, it is what it is. One to two, we are once again behind, and again, it's against the runner play, but it's just, this is how things have been for us. And I think in a lot of ways, people probably weren't even shocked although I'm sure we were, many of us were disappointed. Anyway, subs made. Ozan enters the game in the 73rd for Atiba. Kind of a heady, good sub, if you think about it. Guven Yalchin enters the game for Kyle Laren. You know, looking for energy. Kyle Laren has definitely um, been lacking with his touch, as is typically the case. And so two interesting subs. Nothing we would have seen from, Ser from Sergan, whose subs were always questionable. No Mehmet Topal. And uh, yeah, things are looking okay. Uh, 75th minute, Ozan gets himself a yellow card, but you know, at least he's not a ghost in, right? He's running around, he's active. Um, a free kick, Pjanic sends one from deep in off the post. Um, begging the question if someone shouldn't have been in the box putting his head on the end of that, but um, somehow Guven is sort of, st sort of stuck watching and it hits his foot and bounces out of bounds to add sort of insult to injury there, but whatever. Still something. Um, and then, yeah, just sort of almost out of nowhere. 
sort of a lot of dead ball, lots, lots of sort of uh, time wasting and physical play from Kaiseji, and then boom, um, a really nice look from from Guven Yalchin, finding Mishi Bachuai perfectly. Um, Bachuai was off, sort of straying offside, steps back on the ball's time perfectly and placed perfectly. Bachuai um, has the really perfect first touch into space, but also bringing him right into the box and give, giving him a good position to get a shot on. The shot's not ideal, but it's low with power underneath the keeper, goes in. Boom, we're level again, two to two, and so here we go. Fighting back from behind twice. You love to see that spirit. You love to see Mishibatshuai engaged and, you know, scoring even. And you love to see Guven Yalchin with another good cameo. Um, we've seen it earlier in the season, and then he kind of trailed off again, which you hate to see, because that's his issue, is consistency. But, you know, maybe he can carry this one on. Let's hope for the best. He's got his old coach at the helm. Vizavi Caravelli season. But, um, 85th minute, Leonard Carol gets himself a yellow card, maybe complaining about the goal or something, I don't recall it. Um, 88th minute, Mametiam is on the run. Nice moves, actually, finding himself space. Really suspect defense, perhaps. But Erson makes the save, standing tall at the post. Brings it, sort of punches it out into the area, which actually results, I mean, into his, his teammate's air, um, path, rather, uh, resulting in a quick counter. So clever. Which all ultimately results in Guven Yalchin again getting the ball. Sending Mishi Bachuai on up the right side. And this time it's all Mishi Bachuai. Um, just lovely kind of um, dribbling, sort of one of those sort of left-right jukes and then sends it in perfectly. Um, kind of across the goal mouth with power. Low, perfect goal. And Besiktas is winning three to two. Mishi Bachuai races the sideline and embraces Under Caravelli like he loves this man. I'll tell you one person who's feeling the effects of Caravelli's season, Mishibat Shuai and Guven Yalchin, both embracing the coach. Substitutes, Carlos Mane comes in in the third minute of extra time for Ibrahim Akhtai, Mustafa Pektemek, Gustavo Campanero, so they're going on the attack, third minute of extra time. Mehmet Topal enters the game for John Bozdoan. Yikes. Whatever. It is what it is. We're playing defensive. In this context, it makes sense. And then, boom. Guess who scores? Guven Yalchin, racing up off the counter, finds Mishibachue, who really has the perfect touch, the perfect pass into the path of Guven Yalchin, who then has the perfect touch. A little kind of beautiful, technical one-two touch on himself. Surrounding the defender, sending the ball in past the keeper with class. And it's four to two, folks. We're feeling good. We are feeling good. The celebrations are just in in high, you know, just just ramped up. You know, everyone's just feeling fantastic. Besiktas wins the 97th minute and nine seconds. And the whistle's blown. Game over. Besiktas wins. How about that? I certainly had forgotten that feeling um, and for good reason I don't know if folks really want to hear this but the last time Besiktas had won a match was October 25th against
against Galatasaray. Uh, we found our winning form just in time for Fenerbahce, who we play this coming Sunday, December 19th at 11 a.m. And so this raises the question, who would our coach be, right? The, the logical sort of assumption in the press was that we would then sort of follow up this win with the announcement of a hiring. Um, Daniel Fark, as I mentioned, <coughs> said no, not for the time being. A number of rejections around, supposedly um, V.S. Boas was um, approached and rejected. So, you know, I mean, some names you didn't quite expect, but again, okay, you know, we can deal with that. Yeah, we can deal with some some outside of the box thinking. I don't mind seeing it. But so, where does that leave us? Um, before we get into all that, let's finish up talk of this match and let's talk about some statistics. Because you know why not? We we finally got a W. Now, first of all, we had 73% of the ball, 21 shots to their six, 19 chances created to their eight. Two big chances apiece, which is interesting to me. We completed 607 passes to their 169 at an 89% rate of success to their 68%. So these numbers are coming coming back to where they should be for us. We conceded 14 fouls to their 18, seven corners to their two, one offsides to their two. So you know, we're showing numbers that suggest we're aggressive. We were aggressive, rather. So again, 21 shots to their six, seven off target to their two, eight on target to their three, six shots blocked to their one. 16 of our shots were inside the box to their three. I mean, really just great numbers statistically. Um, although we had to come back from behind twice to win this, um, which would suggest they were a better side perhaps. And although we won four to two, which would suggest we were dominant, um, the reality is somewhere in the middle, right? Like, we could have lost this match. Uh, we would have lost this match with lower morale um, as things had been for, for some time. Somehow we came back. And then when you look at the numbers, it, you say, huh, makes sense. We probably should have dominated this match from the outset. And of course, their two goals were, generally speaking, against the run of play. With that said, they were earned, right? Like, they were sort of, that's how they were trying to play. So, it is what it is. Now, let's talk about individual stats. Mishibat Shuai led the way, and as you'd expect, two goals and an assist. Guven Yalchin was next with one goal and two assists. Mame, Babe, Mame Baba Tiam, two goals, right, was next. Then Rashid Gizal rated highly. Kyle Laren rated highly. He had a goal, so that's that. Then Mira Lempianic, Ibrahim Aktai, Serdar Sachin. Ridvan Yilmaz, Domagos Vida, Atiba Hutchinson, Onur Bulut, despite leaving in the first half, but he did have an assist. Valentin Lozier, then um, we go into sort of above average. John Bozdoan, Emra Bashan, Olivier Kemen, and that's it. So John Bozdoan is the only, like, well, he did pretty well, he did pretty good, but nothing fantastic statistically. But beyond that, I mean, a lot of guys had good games statistically. Now, obviously, the game, the man of the match would have to be Mishibat Shuai or Guven Yalchen. In the name of um, 
just not wanting to pick because I feel like they both really deserve it. I'm gonna give it, I'm gonna split this award between the two. Because they really made each other's, you know, they, they contributed to each other's goals, they finished each other's assists, you know, they helped each other have phenomenal games. Uh, and they proved a really solid pairing. And it begged the question, is Kyle Lahren the problem? You know, we play him because he scores goals, right? And that's what kind of forces him to stay in the lineup. But those goals could be sort of a mirage, hiding generally poor play, where he loses the ball a lot. He's technically, you know, not good enough, right? That's not a debatable point. Could he be the problem? I don't know. But certainly, Mishibachuai and Guven Yalchin paired up to have a fantastic outing in this last match. And, um... Yeah, I don't know, man. Let's roll with it. Why not, right? Um, I'm not going to talk about their stats, because I think what they did well spoke for itself. I'm going to go into to Rashid Ghazal's stats, because I'm curious why he was rated so highly. I thought this was one of his weaker games for much of it, I, I would have even thought. Um, he seemed to be sort of generally lacking with his final touch. That said, you know, 90 minutes, 39 accurate passes at a 75% rate, which surprises in and of itself. He created three chances. 39 accurate passes out of 52. Nine crosses, four of them accurate. Four long balls, two of them accurate. Three key passes. 83 touches, so just omnipresent. Yeah, I don't know. That's not bad. He won eight out of 12 duels. So, you know, his game, there was a lot going on that we maybe didn't see. You know, superficially, maybe he didn't really pass the eye test, but he was playing defense. He was getting involved in duels. He was engaging. He was uh, making tackles. He was three for three on dribbles attempted and succeeded. Um, not bad at all. Okay. You know, I'll give him credit. He even had four recoveries, which means he came back and helped out. You know, the, sometimes guys have good matches and you don't really observe it. You know, and often, oftentimes those are like defensive players. And this is a case of a guy who put it all out there apparently and played a lot of defense for, for a guy who does, whose job that isn't. And so, you know, the stats maybe tell a story that I missed. So good for the stats, <laughs> I guess. Uh, now, I also want to look at Kyle Lahren's stats because I thought he really had a poor game. Of course, he had a goal, and that's what gives him some sort of in inflation, if you will. Keyword there of late. Um, five total shots, 37 accurate passes, and 88% rate. But I mean, a lot of these are ticky tack little passes up front that don't result in everything, and maybe oftentimes aren't very creative and sort of slow us down on the attack. Get two shots on target, two shots off. Right? Obviously one of them was a header that went to the back of the net. One of the shots was blocked. So there's his five shots. Um, 37 out of 42 with his passes, but no crosses attempted, no long balls attempted. So yeah, that's what I thought. He inflated those numbers with sort of ticky-tack passes. Seven out of 12 duels won. I mean, okay. I don't know. I don't know. 57 touches. It's not like extraordinary. Remember, he was a winger. Remember, Rashid Ghazal was up in the 80s. So, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, the goal and his little passes sort of inflated his stats. See, there you go. You can actually kind of infer these kinds of things from the stats. There you go. So 
So there it is. There's two guys who had high statistical numbers that I didn't expect to. One of them deserving them, and another one not. So there you go. That's what happens when you analyze these stats and dig in. You find some gems, and you find some stinkers. Um, but yeah, I'm still going to go with Mishi, the Batsman, and Guven Yalchin with my split man of the match, because I think they complement each other perfectly. And I don't want to split the camps. I don't want anyone to have to be like, oh, I want Mishi Bielcha. I want Guven to have it. Oh, like, I know that Bachuai's got his haters um, for <clears throat> not playing particularly well all year. And I know Guven Yalchin has his haters for his inconsistent play and for completely falling off the, the map for a while. But let's all choose to be positive here. Well done for both of them. And uh, yeah, man of the match to you too. Now, that's it. Let's talk about standing. And the reason I want to talk about standing is because some fun things happened. Um, first, Galatis that I lost to Sivas. One to nil. In Sivas, which is nothing crazy. Sivas is good at home. But Galatasaray continuing to lose. Fatih Tedem hailed for his Europa League run, stinking it at home. I, for me, you know, Europe can be sort of a mirage. You know, it can hide rot, if you will. And I would much, you know, I'd much rather see consistent success domestically than the occasional decent campaign in Europe and like nothing domestically. But I might be forgiving a little too much vis-a-vis Fatih Terem and his performance domestically, but it is what it is. Galatasaray lost, so that's nice. We won, they lost, we're gonna pass them. I won't go into just the extent of that yet. Um, additionally, Fenerbahce played, so today was just Galatasaray and Fener. Fener, you wanna know what they did? They lost, also at home, to Gaziantep, or sorry, uh, on the road rather, in Gaziantep, which is never an easy place to play in. They lost three to two, twice coming back from behind, but in the end, losing it rather than turning it around the way we did. So now they're just going to be three points ahead of us. So let's talk about these standings a little bit. Trabzon lost also for the first time this season. Losing to Antalya, Nuri Shahin's Antalya, who I was speaking of earlier. Two to one. Again, on the road. So all of our rivals played on the road and all of them lost. We played at home and we won. Sometimes that's all it takes. Um, so, let's talk about these standings. First place, obviously, Trabzon score. 39 points. Second place, Konya score. 30 points. Just nine points back now. That's not insurmountable anymore, is it? <coughs> Hatay Spor in third place with 29 points. They also managed to win 1-2 to two against Altai on the road. Um, fourth place, Istanbul Basakşehir. What? They're back? 28 points. Fifth place, tied with sixth place on 27 points, are Fenerbahce and then Alanya Spor. And then Besiktas in seventh place. We moved up from ninth with 24 points. Right behind us, Adana Demirspor with 23 points and Galatasaray with 23 points. And then there's Sivas and Fatikara Gumruk with 22 points. And then Antalya in 12th place with 21. And, I, I, and Gaziantep has 21 also in 13th. 
I mentioned those guys because they could theoretically have 24 points next week and catch us should we lose. Um, and, uh, you know, we're playing Fenerbahce on the road in Shukruka Sharacholu. So, Sharacholu. So, I mean, anyway, stay tuned. Sunday, December 19th, 11 a.m. Be there or be square. Huge match upcoming. Um, I can't wait for it. And I guess what we ought to do now is talk about it a little bit. Now, Fenerbahce is, is kind of a weird side, aren't they? They've not enjoyed the success that Galatasaray has uh, continentally, right? They um, knocked out of the Europa League. They are going to play in the Conference League, so it could be interesting. They could have a nice run there uh, in, the, in the, the, the competition's debut run itself. They've had some disappointing performances, though, in Europe, losing to, like, Olympiacos, for example. And we could start there. That was five matches ago. They lost to Olympiacos. After their big win against Galatasaray in the Derby, which made them kind of prohibitively, you know, the, the contenders with Trabzonspor for the title, came out and threw up a stinker against Olympiacos in Greece, to be fair. Came home in Izmir, lost to Guztepe 1-1. to Came home to Turkey, rather, but yeah, they were on the road in Izmir. Um... Then they came home to, to Istanbul, they came home proper uh, and beat Rize 4-0. They would have been very pleased with that result, although again, Rize is the side you kind of have to beat these days. But then they fouled it up with another stinker, um, losing to, to Eintracht Frankfurt 1-1 to at home in their chance to maybe make it out of the groups, uh, the, the, yeah, make it into the knockout round of the Europa League. And then finally, this week, they lost to Gaziantep 3-2. to so it begs the question, with that much success in Europe, and now fifth place in Turkey, 12 points behind first place Trabzonspor, is that guy on the hot seat? You know, Sergen Yalcin lost his, lost his whole gig. So that begs the question, you know. I'm not sure why Pereira and Fatih Terim are not on the hot seat, but perhaps they should be. And so for what it's worth, Besiktas now with 24 points is 6 points behind 2nd place Konyaspor. Um, a victory against Fenerbahce would put us level with Fenerbahce at 27 points. Probably behind on goal differential, but with the head-to-head -head going our way, that's okay. Interesting. Now that's a big if, and I'm going to knock on wood because I do not want to jinx that result. Now, who's going to be in charge of Besiktas? Um, for the longest time, last week we said it couldn't be Shenol Gunesh, right? He had back surgery. Well, somehow, he's a prime candidate again. Uh, it's come down to him, Okan Boruk. Some late entries vis-a-vis, -vis, um, I think his name is Sabri Lamushi, is that right? Sabri Lamushi. Um, whose last job was uh, Nottingham Forest, or last notable job, I guess I could say, rather. Um, he's coached, or managed, the Ivory Coast, El Jaish, uh, a Qatari club. Then he coached Reims in France, Stade René. 
uh, for just a season before going to Nottingham Forest. That's a quick, you know, he, getting sort of from one feet to the next. He's obviously successful uh, in each job because he's getting kind of upgrades. Ends up with Nottingham Forest. Um, and then from there, I'm not sure exactly how that goes. Um, supposedly, uh, he'd hi he guided Forest to their highest league position since 2010. Got them to the playoffs for promotion, but missed out, finishing seventh on the final day of the season. He was the, like I said, the only manager just to make it through a full season since 2010, which is pretty wild. Um, first to complete a full season in nine seasons at that point. Um, so, moderate success, but he took a step down from there. In 2020-21, he lost his job terminated by and replaced by Chris Hewton. Uh, then he would go play or play go manage Al Duhail again in Qatar where he is currently oh no sorry he actually stepped down as man not long ago so that's supposedly an option not not exactly gr uh, just amazing stuff there right that's not like inspiring massive hope but it's a dude, it's, a, it's definitely a guy. Uh, and then the other one that's a huge candidate, supposedly, is Bruno Pinheiro, um, who is the manager of Estoril. Um, you know, not exactly a household name either. Um, he does come with a little bit more um, accolades, perhaps. You know, a bit more of a, of a track record for you to to be excited about. Estoril is now currently in fifth place in Portugal um, after he won them promotion. So, you know, he's had some success there and that's, you know, something to hang your hat on, I guess. He's also only 45, so sort of a next-gen manager, if you will. But so, yeah, I don't know, you know. Interesting names. Again, I like that I don't know who he is. It, it would take a little research to really get to know the dude. Um, and that's not bad, it means someone's doing their research. Better than trotting out the same old names who've already failed before. Now, um, if it's Chanel Gunesh, I promised I'd boycott and, and take a, a, a nice long break from the podcast. At this point, I'm gonna have to follow through on that just to be an, a man of my word. So, do the right thing, Besiktas! I'm telling you, man. You wanna lose your Status as a as a big club that has a that's, that needs a podcast for English speakers to cater to the huge demand. You better shape up. Don't go backwards. Move forwards. Anyway, I'm gonna leave you all on that note, man. I hope it doesn't anger too many of you. I know there's a lot of Chanel Gunesh fans out there. We can't overlook those sort of two years of just torture at the end. But we were begging the man to step down, and he wouldn't. You know, he wouldn't salvage his reputation and do the right thing. He can't move backwards. We finally got rid of a coach relatively quickly, the right way. Let's let's go from one positive step to the next. And now let's let's go ahead and do our research, take our time. It's Caravelli season, folks. And I hope Under Caravelli manages us against Panabache. I hope he plays some of these kids, and I hope we win. And all of you folks out there clamoring to rush in some old dude who's already failed have to eat your words. 
on that note, follow us on Twitter. Blah, blah, blah. Let's go, Magic Tosh! Peace out. Sunday, folks. 11 a.m. Derby time. Besiktas International hopes you enjoyed this program.